This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. first started coming to church, you know, I was a hot mess. I needed Jesus. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that something had to change. I was tired of the way me and my husband were living. I was tired of being defeated by the devil. I was tired of worrying about where my husband was, worrying about how I was going to feed my kids. Um, we were living in a motel room, so we were we were homeless, living in a little itty-bitty tiny motel room that had a bed, a TV, little itty-bitty kitchen, and a bathroom. And it was not the best motels, if any of you guys have ever actually stayed in any of the motels on Main Street. This one wasn't a very nice one. Um, so I knew that something needed to be changed. I was pregnant with my son Noah, and um, thank you, Jesus, that I got pregnant at that time with my son because he was my lifesaver. He, it woke me up, and I knew that I needed, I needed to do something different. So my husband and me, um, you know, we were church shopping and trying to find a church to go to, and, you know, every church that we went to, we were just like, nah, I just, you know, it's a nice church, but, you know, I just didn't feel the connection there. Um, and then one night we were sitting at um, Del Taco, and thank God that, you know, our pastors listen and go eat at the right restaurants at the right time, right? So we're sitting there, and we're watching them, and I'm like, hey, Jesse, I think that's those pastors again. Like, everywhere we go, we see those pastors. I think that's those pastors again. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. I was like, should we go say hi? And he's like, well, they're, they're eating right now. And I'm like, let's just go say hi to them. Let's just go, you know, they may not know who we are, but let's just go say hi. So we went and said hi to them. And then I think it was that following Sunday we came to church here. And mind you, there had been, and I don't know if pastors know this or not, there had been a couple other times that we had just came, but we never stuck. You know, we would sneak in and be like, oh, that was a great service. And, you know, um, but we never stuck. Well, after that service, we stuck. Like, we just had to come, you know. And the Lord began working in me and changing me because that's what happens when you're under the Word of God, right? You begin to change. You begin to be brand new. When you ask the Lord into your heart, you're not that person you used to be. He he begins doing something in you. And so I would try, I would do, you know, I would come to anything I could come to. I was so hungry for the Lord. And I knew that if I even went back to those people that used to influence me, I was going to go back. And I didn't want to go back. And I knew that I had to change my life. And the only way I was going to change my life was getting connected, really connected. So anytime these church doors were open, I was here. I remember one time my husband telling me, do you have to go to everything? You don't have to go to everything, Desiree. And I looked at him and I said, yes, I do. Be quiet. And you do too. And, you know, we came to we came to everything. And then I remember one day, Jesse um, coming up to me. You know, one of the things that we did when we first met is we sold Kirby vacuum cleaners door-to-door on commission. Best job of my life. That job was so much fun. <laughs> um, and that's actually how me and my husband met. Um, but Pastor got word that, you know, we were vacuum people and pulled my husband aside one day and said, we have a whole bunch of vacuums, and, you know, we don't know if they work. We need belts. We need bags. Would you guys be interested in coming in and, you know, hooking them up and telling us what kind of bags we need, what kind of belts we needed? And we're super excited about that. Like, that was the best thing Pastor could have ever asked us to do. We were so excited. And I remember pulling up that day, 
And, you know, pastor or somebody walked us over here. I don't remember who it was. And they had everything all set up over here. And then they left us. And I remember telling Jesse, are they really going to leave us in the church by themselves, by ourselves? Do they really trust us that much? Like, I was just so excited that they trusted us enough not to babysit us while they asked us to do something, you know? And so we're cleaning the vacuums and we're having a good old time doing it. And, you know, it was just, it was an amazing feeling to be able to be asked to do something like that in God's house. You know, and I had no idea that, you know, it was something so small, but it blessed us. It blessed us that we were able to do that. We both weren't working at the time. We both didn't have jobs. Little did we know that we were sewing in to the jobs God was going to give us because we were giving the Lord time, you know. And so time went on, and um, then pastors came up to me and asked me, you know, well, how do you feel about cleaning the church? And I was like, I would love to clean the church. I would love to do that. You know, and, and um, I had just had Noah, so I would bring Noah over in his little stroller or the little pouch, you know. I don't know what that thing's called, but, you know, the little pouches that you put the babies in. And, you know, you'd carry them around. And I'd bring Noah with me, and Jesse would come with me, and we would clean the church. And we would just have a blessed time doing that. You know, and um, I began to get hungrier to serve and do stuff in the church. So I remember a time, I think I had just had Noah, and I may have still been recovering from it. And I remember going upstairs and begging Leah, please let me work in the nursery. I really want to work in the nursery. And I don't know how many times she told me no, that I needed to, you know, recover and get well. And I'm like, come on, I really want to work in the nursery. Let me work in the, like, I think I bugged her almost every week until finally I was recuperating and she let me work in the nursery. Um, but I was so excited to work in the nursery. I was so excited, you know, to be around babies and be able to change their diapers. And to some people, you know, that sounds gross. And, you know, a lot of people think about nursery and they think about crying babies and they don't want the headache or, you know, crazy toddlers running around doing somersaults. But I was excited to work for nursery. Um, then one day... Miss Debbie Gomez came up to me and said, we need you in children's church. And I said, "Uh uh-uh, not doing kids, can't do it, no thank you. And she's like, come on, you and Jesse, just, you know, come on, you can do it. Me and Phil, we're going to help you, we're going to teach you, we're going to do it with you. I said, do I have to teach? She said, no. I said, okay, then I'll help you. Um, Sure enough, I didn't know what she was planning because she was planning eventually for me to be able to teach. And, um... She discipled us and taught us, and I learned a lot from them, and I watched them. And, you know, I fell in love with the children and watching them come in and learn about Jesus and learn about God. And I was learning, too. I remember one time I got into a disagreement with Leah, and I was really mad at her. But she was right because Leah's normally right most of the time. Um, but I was really mad at her for this because one of her Sunday school lessons – she said that Jesus, you know, had went to hell and beated Satan and got the keys. And I had been in children's church my whole life and never heard that. So I pulled her aside and I was like, Leah, that was a great class, you know. But where in the Bible does it say that? Because I don't think it says that in the Bible, you know. I don't, I don't believe that that's true. And sure enough, she opened the Bible and showed it to me. And I've never, ever said that's not true because it's in the Bible. Um But there was just such a passion about coming in and working and serving. There there was a, um, I don't even know how to explain it, guys. There's so much joy 
to be able to come in and serve. And, you know, I, it's only, it was only one service a week that I would give up to go work in children's or go work in the nursery. But I'd get so excited when it was my day to go serve and go work with those kids. Um, and then um, I did janitorial, you know, for, for a long time. And praise God for Julie because she finally recruited help. But when I would, when I did janitorial, it was me, myself, and I, and my children. <laughs> now, I think Noah was two years old when I taught him how to use a toilet scraper and was like, come on, we're going to go clean the church. And I would always put my kids, you know, my kids would always have some kind of job to do so that I wasn't having to stop and chase them around the church and make sure they weren't breaking anything. So they all had, you know, their little assignments. You know, one, one would get the little sweeper and sweep, and, you know, Noah would be with his you know, helping me with the toilets, with his toilet, toilet scraper. And he thought that was the greatest job, too, in the world. And as a matter of fact, that, that boy likes to clean to this day. So praise the Lord for that. Um, then I moved, and I became um, Leah's assistant for a little while in, in children's ministry, um, over children's and nursery. And then the Lord moved me um, to be nursery director, and I was over the nursery for some time. And you know, um, babies are amazing. It's wonderful to see them grow in the Lord. As a matter of fact, when we were promoting um, this morning, I was trying my hardest not to cry because some of them, you know, I have been with them for a long time. And, you know, it, it's really a blessing, but it's kind of sad to see them, you know, gr- grow and go into their, their next phases, you know, of life. And you know, with Rylan, you know, um, I've been around him since he was a little baby. So to to hear now and, and now that he's going to youth group, you know, it's just like, oh, wow, Lord, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> you know, but um, nursery just was a real blessing. Um, I remember when little Jose, um, he's one of my favorite babies to talk about because, you know, he would throw tantrums and cry and cry and, you know, Heather and Jose just had a hard time leaving him in nursery and, you know, if there was no nursery workers, nobody, no parents down here would be able to receive and grow. It just, it just wouldn't be possible because you'd be fitting to a crying baby. You'd be, you know, having to get up and down, you know. And not only that, if there's not good workers up there, these parents are going to be down here concerned and, you know, not able to focus because, you know, they want to make sure their babies are taken care of. That's their number one, you know, that's their children. Um, so anyways, back to the story with baby Jose, um, he would cry all the time and he just, you know, he did not want to be a nursery. And, you know, I would, I would pray all the time and be like, Lord, how can I help this family? What, what can I do? What can I, how can I help him? You know, how can I, how can I make him enjoy coming in? And, you know, and I worked really hard with that little boy. Like I'd pray, we'd sing songs. That little boy loves church now. You know, and it just it just took a little bit of effort of, of loving Jesus and having patience, you know, and, and now look at him. You know, he's all grown up. He's, you know, going to school and everything. Um, so the Lord had me watch, you know, over the nursery and be the nursery director for a little while. Um, and then I was doing nursery and being the pastoral assistant, which was kind of cool because when you work with pastors, you kind of get to know what they think, what they like, what they don't like. Um, Miss P said one time that I can go around saying what she would agree to and what she wouldn't agree to. Um, you know, that's just from being around them. You learn, you know, what they like, what they don't like. You learn um, what makes them happy and what doesn't make them happy. 
you know, and that, that was a blessing. Um, and then the Lord moved me for a little while. I was Miss P's assistant in Ministry of Helps, which, as you guys will hear tonight, is my heart. I love Ministry of Helps. I'm so thankful that God designed Ministry of Helps. Um, and I'm so grateful that I got to learn so much about Ministry of Helps from Miss P. Because um, she really had has a passion and a love for it. And then the Lord moved me to Helps Director. Um, had I known this when I started coming, I probably would have said, I don't think so. You know, I, I, I would have never seen that starting out cleaning vacuums and being willing to do something so small that the Lord would use that and grow and disciple me and teach me and allow me to move into all these different phases to prepare me for where I'm at today. So I kind of went all over, went over that um, to kind of tell you a little bit of how working in ministry and helps ministry has blessed me, okay? Um, first of all, it's given me a lot of joy. I love coming to church. I love serving. I love knowing that what I do helps others to become victorious Christians. Just a little bit of time that I sacrifice, no matter, I mean, if I'm cleaning a bathroom or if I'm upstairs in the nursery or if I'm helping with children, somehow somebody's life is getting affected because I showed up and I did what the Lord told me to do. And because of that, there's salvation and there's discipleship and we're getting people in here and their lives are changing. And that's what the number one goal is, and there's joy in that. There's joy knowing that even though I'm not up here preaching all the time, I'm still being a part of what's going on in the bigger picture with lives being saved, people being changed, the discipleship, you know. Not only that, my children have watched me, and they've watched my husband, and they love to serve. They enjoy coming into church and serving um, I was telling Robert the other day, um, Robert was on vacation and I was here, you know, prepping in the morning and doing the cleaning and getting all my stuff ready for, you know, service, all the behind the stuff that I do. And, um, all of a sudden my son disappeared and I was like, where'd Noah go? And I'm looking for him and I'm looking for him. And finally I look outside and there he is with the broom sweeping the front because I don't know how many years he's watched Robert do that. And he was upset that nobody had swept and got the lease off of the front part of the area. You know, but our, my children watch. They watch. Um, and I didn't know Pastor was going to talk a little bit this morning about children and, and the influence and raising them upright. But one of the best things you can do for your children is letting them see you serve in church. Because they follow. They will follow that example. And I'm so grateful. Each and every one of my kids serve somehow in the church and do it with a great attitude. They don't do it because, you know, mom says they have to. They do it because they like to do it. My son Jojo loves the nursery. He loves kids. And I laugh because people will come up to me and be like, Desiree, that was just like having you in the nursery tonight. And I'm like, yeah, he's watched me a few times. You know, he knows. And he will tell people, that's not the correct way to do this in the nursery. We got to make sure we're putting our gloves on while we're changing the diapers, you know. But because they know, they see, they see it. And that has been a blessing to me that 
I can come and serve as a family. My husband serves. You know, we all as a family come together and we serve. And I've noticed that when with me serving that God redeems my time. What do I mean by God redeems my time? I mean that I'm not missing out on life. I'm not missing out on being able to go and enjoy my kids and go on vacations and go and do things with them. God's redeemed my time and given me even more time to be able to enjoy life and be able to enjoy the things, you know, that God's given me to enjoy. And, you know, there's so many other more things that I can say that God, you know, has really blessed me with, with being able to um, be a part of Ministry of Helps. Um, but I kind of wanted to go over a little bit with you guys tonight, Ministry of Helps in a Whole. Okay, and so I was praying and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I really want to show people, you know, a different a different side of help. So I really want to come at it at a whole different angle to help you understand. Um, I also went to three years of SMTI, which is an amazing program. It's an amazing program. Um, Dr. Barclay is amazing and opens your eyes to see what happens behind the scenes. You know, the lights don't just turn on by themselves. Well, the airs now do turn on by themselves, but they used to not turn on by themselves. Someone had to come turn them on. Um, You know, the floors don't get cleaned by themselves. You know, the, the children don't teach themselves. Nursery don't watch themselves. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes besides just sitting here and hearing the preaching and the worship and the fellowship. There's so much that goes on behind those scenes. And, um... SMTI is a real eye-opener on all that stuff and what pastors do and what they go through and what their job is. And I'm so thankful that I invested time to to go to that. Um, My first point tonight is, um, what is Ministry of Helps? You know, we say Ministry of Helps, but do you really know what Ministry of Helps is? What what is it? You know, and I found this on the Internet, and I thought it was kind of cool. Um, HELPS stands for Having Enough Loving People Serving. Isn't that awesome? Having Enough Loving People Serving. And I like the, I like the way that was said because you have to be loving. You have to have that loving heart if you're going to serve, you know, and... Um, One of the other things I forgot to mention about how I got blessed by serving and working in Ministry of Helps is the fellowship I got with people. Sorry, Robert, you could yell at me later, but Robert has taught me how to be a servant. I came in and I've learned things from Robert, whether we be setting up for um, Harvest Fest or we come to the church. You know, a lot of people don't know Robert's normally the first one here and the last one to leave. You know, and um, there'd be times when we were setting up for Harvest Fest and Robert would be here at 5 a.m. Well, I'm still sleeping at 5 a.m. You know, and he'd be here, you know, he's planning things out and he's got his little maps going on. And, you know, he's taking away time that he can be with his family and he's taking time off work, you know. And I really watched him and I was like, man, this this man, like, what, what, Why? Why, why would you do this? And um, I don't hear him say it very much, but he used to say that his big bucks is in heaven. And I remember the first time I heard him say that, it convicted me. Because 
you know, we shouldn't do what we do for earthly things. You know, our main goal is that we're pleasing the Lord and we're doing what the Lord asked us to do. And that's where our reward is at. You know, and so, anyways, sorry, I'm bunny trailing here. But um, that is another reason that blessed me to serve is because I was able to work with people. Um, Katie Samples is amazing to work with. That woman, when she gets into something, it's from, like, beginning to end. And she gets focused and... You know, she she gets the job done. And, you know, I, I got, I'm so thankful. Um, as a matter of fact, the very first time I ever came to a work day was with Katie. And I believe we were setting up for um, for Harvest Fest and we were painting. And um, she had um, Joel in a little pouch and I had Noah in a little pouch. And, you know, we're sitting there painting and everybody's thinking we're crazy because we have our babies in a pouch. And we're like sitting here, you know, rolling the walls, you know. Um, but that woman has taught me what, what it means to serve, you know, watching Miss P and the, the things that she does and her heart and her, her coming in. And, you know, I still laugh because whenever I'm folding anything, I hear her in my head. Now we're going to fold these in excellence and you're going to get the big pen and you're going to roll it so that the crease looks nice and neat. And this is how you do it. And when you cut things, you're going to cut them in excellence and, you know, so anyways, there's also, that's also a way that it's blessed me is that you get to fellowship with other people and get brought up. So, sorry, back on my topic. Um, so, having enough loving people serving helps ministry is designed to help our pastors so that they're not doing all the work. Because God didn't call them to do all the work. God called them to preach and watch the sheep. You know, tend to us and make sure that we're taken care of. God didn't call them like that video, you know, those men running around doing everything. God called them to spend time in the word and teach us and equip us and give us the tools. And everybody else, he's called to be the helpers and come in and do all those little jobs. So that way they're not focused and thinking, did somebody go turn the air on in the church? Did somebody go turn the lights on? They're able to focus and be under their anointing that God's called them to be. Because when they're not doing that, they're out of their anointing. And when they come up here, they're not able to flow in the Holy Ghost the way the Lord's called them to be. So the Lord gave me this. And I'm going to use Home Depot because I work at Home Depot, so why not? Let's pretend that all of you guys are walking into a Home Depot, okay? The only person that is there is the manager. And the manager is doing everything. He's stocking the shelves. He's answering your questions of where things are at. He's um, running to the cashiers to, to cash people out. You know, he's just, he's doing all the jobs of everybody else that's normally in a Home Depot, okay? Let me ask you guys this question. What would your first impression be? Would you shop there again? Would you go back? Or are you going to go to another store to meet your needs? And it's like that in God's body. It's like that in our church. You know, our church, if people come in and they see that, you know, every, you know, one person's doing everything and we're too busy to talk to them and say hi or the greeters, you know, aren't out there to love on them or nobody's there to register their kids, they're probably not going to want to come back no matter how good the word is. You know, their, their needs need to be met. 
their needs be, so that they can be able to sit here and receive everything that God has for them, you know, and that's what God's called each and every one of us to do, to be those helpers, and that's what the ministry of helps is, okay? So we help pastors by serving, and everybody knows that the, um, um, oh, Lord, what is the word that I'm looking for? The, um, it's not, the vision of the church is to, it's a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. So anybody that works in the helps ministry, that's what our goal is, is to help equip people, you know, to, to be a part of that. And so pastors come up here and they give the word and they um, preach and they pray for us and they do all that. And then God has called us to, you know, be the greeters, to go out and to um, love people. And so I didn't make this up. So if you would turn with me to Acts chapter 6, please. Yay! Get excited! So Acts chapter 6, and I'm going to read verse um, 1 through 7. Sorry, I'm going to grab a drink of water real quick. Why y'all get there? And when you get there, say amen. Sorry, this is hard to do with two hands. Okay, so let's read. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, But the believers rapidly multiplied. There was rumbling of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying their widows was being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select the seven men who are... Sorry. Well-respected and full of the spirit and of wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea. And they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip, um, Nacanar, Timon. Sorry, I'm not very good at these names. Um, Perenonis and Nicholas of Antinoch, an earlier um, convert to the Jewish faith. And these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid hands on them. So God's message continued to spread and the numbers of, the number of believers greatly incre- increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So here we see that there's a problem, right? There's a problem in the church. And the apostles say, well, we don't, we can't go tend to these people and spend time and get ready and listen to the Lord and pray. So what do we do? How do we fix this problem? Well, they needed help, right? So they created a helps ministry. 
Um, and as you can see, there was a guideline. You know, these people had to be full of faith. You know, they had to be believers. They had to be strong. They had to be anointed. You know, and they found them and they put them and gave them their jobs. And what happened? The church grew. People got saved. People's lives got changed. There was a difference, okay? And it's just like that in church today. You know, it's a, it's the same way. God, God is the same. He doesn't change, you know, and so helps ministry, the helps, um, ministry is designed so that pastors can come up here. They could do the, what God's called them to do and everybody else can do what God's called them to do. And the main purpose is so that we can grow and that we can get more people. And then we can make them disciples. And then what happens after we make them disciples? We teach them how to serve. And then what happens? More people come in. We get them discipled. We get them ready to go. And then guess what? We teach them how to serve. And the cycle keeps going and going and going. You know, isn't that amazing the way God put all that together? Which brings me to my next point. You know, you may be sitting there saying, well, how do I fit into all this? You know, so point number two is how do you fit in to ministry of helps? And, um, I mean, God is just so amazing. You know, when he created you, he put something in you. He put a gift in you. He put something special in you on purpose. He didn't do it by accident. And God needs that gift in his house in order for us to grow in that circle like I just told you guys. You know, there there are so many great people at High Desert Word Center that can do so many great and amazing things. You know, Betty is just really good at doing children's programs and figuring out things and putting big things together and big projects and stuff. You know, um, Josh is really good at worship team and figuring out the songs and the music. Now, not all of us could sing. Not all of us, you know, have been blessed with that gift of a voice or of music, you know, but Josh has, you know. Um, Robert, Robert has that gift to serve. He serves people. He comes in and, you know, he tells people where to sit and he does the offering and he does all of that. Like Pastor was saying earlier, not not everybody is is meant for that. Not everybody can do that. Each and every one of you, when God made you, he put something special in you. And he knew one day this was going to be your home church. And he put that on purpose in you so that when you came here, you could use that gift so that, you know, the ministry of helps could function the way God's called it to be. Um, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 12.12. 12. Amen when you're there. Okay. Okay. So 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it's with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, 
Some are slaves and some are free. But we all have the, sorry. We all have been baptized into the body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. You know, um, think about the way the body works. You know, isn't that amazing the way our body, we don't see our heart, but it beats. We don't see our lungs, but it's helping us to breathe. You know, and that's the example that God gave with the body of Christ. You know, we may not see everything that goes on behind the scenes. You know, we don't get to see what happens in nursery and how, you know, those kids are learning one verse a month, you know, or we don't get to go into children's and watch them worship. Did you guys know that they actually worship over there? They actually sing praises to the Lord. That's pretty cool. You know, we don't get to see everything, but it's working. It's working together. And God compares the church to a human body. Just like our bodies are made up of many parts serving specific functions, the church is made up of of people with different skills and abilities. Alone, these pieces are, are very unuseful. But together, they create something beautiful. And so in the church, you know, we need that teamwork. We need to come together as a team so that our function could work together. And I put this down um, for team. Together, everybody achieves more. You know, when you're working together and you have that teamwork, you can get more things done. Rather than me sitting here by myself trying to do one, you know, trying to do it all. When we come together as a team, we're able to get everything done. We're able to do more so that we can get more people in here, more seats filled, and more people saved, discipled, set free. You know, more people like me who are hungry for the Lord and they come in and God changes their lives and God, you know, works in them and, you know, delivers them and sets them free from bondage. Because I don't know about you, but I want to see all these people in Barstow saved. I don't want to see none of these people locked down to depression, drugs, violence. That's a lie from the enemy, you know. I want to see these people set free, you know. And so when we work together as a team, when we come in and we use our pieces and we use our parts, we can achieve more. Um, Ephesians 4.16. Aren't we thankful that the Lord left us the Bible and, like, put it together to give us instructions. That's just, I just love the Word of God. It's a blessing that He cared so much about us to, to leave it for us. Ephesians 4.16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So, when your body's not working, are you guys able to go faster or slower in life? Slower, right? If there's something wrong with you, you know, you don't have a, your hands broken, your foot's broken, you're limping around, you're on crutches, you're not able to go as fast as you would normally go if every piece of your body was working, correct? So when your piece is missing out of the body of Christ, when you're not doing what the Lord's called you to do and you're not working with the body, guess what? 
There's somebody else that's trying to make up for that piece being missed, and they're working extra hard. They're doing more. They're going above and beyond and working, working, working more than what they should. When you're missing, it affects the whole body of Christ. It affects what the Lord has called. It affects the vision that the Lord has for High Desert Word Center. Your peace is important. Your peace is valuable. Um, sorry. There is no job too small for God in the body. There's no job too small. Every job that each and every one of you guys do is important and it's valuable. You know, like I said, I started off cleaning vacuum cleaners and, you know, figuring out belt situations and to some people that may seem like, who cares? Go buy another vacuum or, you know, but to me, that was what God had called me to do at that time and that was important because we needed clean floors. If somebody came in and they seen the floors all junky, they're probably not going to want to come sit down and listen to what the Lord has. You know, or some people, their focus is, oh my goodness, there's a big old spot. And you're staring at that spot the whole time and you totally miss what the Lord had for you. It's important. It's important. It's important for those greeters to be out there first thing when people come in and smiling and happy and filled with joy. Because let me tell you, those people that come in, they may never have, they may be going through something and may feel like this is their last day. They're, they're done. They're tired. We don't know what's going on with them. And they see that smile and that begins the love and they feel that. That job is important. The coffee bar? Oh, the coffee bar is so important. So important. I am so thankful. For Miss Melinda and having all those wonderful varieties in the coffee bar because I'm rushing to get to church that sometimes I don't feed my children so they can come to church and eat, you know, but not, that's not the main purpose. The main purpose of that coffee bar is so that people can sit there and fellowship and they can talk and, you know, maybe they can call, you know, they can call Ilea and say, hey, Miss Ilea, I'm going through this. Can you meet me at church early? We'll meet in the coffee bar. And, you know, somebody could pray for somebody or, you know, you're just going through something. That's the main focus for that coffee bar. But if that coffee bar wasn't there, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be able to say, hey, meet me up somewhere. We'd be, you know, maybe saying, hey, meet me up at McDonald's. And then you wouldn't come to church. Shame on you, you know. Um, but every piece is important, you know. Every instrument that gets played up here is important. You know, you need instruments in order, you know, to stay on beat and, and worship the Lord. I mean, I guess we can do it all cappella, you know, but it's nice to have instruments, right? You know, every job is important. I remember um, one of the things that they had up when I started working in nursery, and I think they still have it up, is saying, you know, that to love on those babies because you don't know what it is that they're going through or what, what it is that they're walking into. You don't know what their life was is like outside of these walls. You may be the only Jesus any of these people have ever seen. You know, and I've always kept that in my heart. I've always kept that in my heart. Because if I'm going to be that only Jesus they ever see, then I'm going to represent Jesus correctly and try to be loving and, and considerate and hug them and be patient, you know. But when people come in here, you may be the only Jesus these people have ever experienced. 
you know, my husband, he didn't grow up going to church, you know, and um, praise God that, that he goes to church now. But, you know, um, when he first came here, he was a funny man. You know, he, he was grateful to give offering because he thought pastor kept all that offering, you know, and he was super grateful that pastor could, you know, go put gas in his tank because he put in the offering, you know. But you don't know. You don't know what people are. He gets the pay, pastor gets the paycheck, but he does not live off of what we, you know, we give. Not everything goes to him. The offering is for, you know, to take care of God's house and the building, just like the Bible says in Malachi, so that there's enough meat. Anyhow, um, there is a purpose and a reason that God has you here, and no job is too small. You know, God's put something special in you for a reason and a purpose, um, and I was telling Katie and um, Leah this a while ago, the Lord kept putting the word purpose in my heart. And I'm like, Lord, why do I keep, everywhere I went, there was somehow the word purpose. Every sermon I heard somehow had the word purpose in it. And I'm like, Lord, what is up with that word? Why do you keep what are you trying to tell me, you know? Have you guys ever been like that where, like, the Lord keeps speaking to you and you, you hear him, but you don't know what he's saying, you know? And so I'm like, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? You know, and then as I was writing this, I was like, that's what you were saying, Lord, that there's a purpose. And when God does things on purpose, it's amazing. You know, he sets he set you up. He, You're not here by mistake. You're not here by accident. God set you in this church on purpose. And it's time that you take ownership of the church that God's given you. He's asked you to come to this house, you know. So when you guys have your own house, do you guys not take ownership of that house and not take care of it? You know, you take care of your own house. Well, this is the same way. This is God's house. He's placed you here. He's given this to you, you know. So it's time for you as the body of Christ to take ownership and to work in the anointing that the Lord's given you. And finally, um, my third point is serve as unto the Lord, okay? So we learned what helps was, right? We learned what ministry of helps is and its purpose. We've learned why or where your position is. And now we're going to learn that we need to do it with a good attitude. You know, it's easy to come to church and be like, well, Desiree put me on the greeting schedule again, so I guess I'm just going to stand here and greet. Or are you going to stand there and say, you know what, I've been chosen. The Lord asked me to come in and greet. And so because the Lord asked me to greet, I'm going to go ahead and do it with a grateful attitude. I'm going to come in and I'm going to be joyous that I get to stand there and say good morning to everybody and hand them a bulletin and give them a hug and, and you know, be the first ones, you know, to um, say good morning to them. Um, and as I was looking at um, doing things with a joyful attitude, and um, um, I came across a quote from Walter Disney, um, and I thought it was pretty interesting, so I thought I would share it with you guys. It says, whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that when people see you do it, they'll want to come back and see you do it again. And then they'll want to bring others to show them how well you do it. You know, when we do something, especially when the Lord's our boss, we should do it well. God gave us his best. You know, how come when we come in and we serve, we can't give him our best? We give our 
regular jobs are best. You know, we give them notice. We tell them, you know, when we can't come in, we show up on time for them, right? Well, at least I do. I show up on time for work, you know. And let me tell you, some of my bosses at work, they're not very nice people. They're, they're, I have to sit there and go pray in tongues after I have a conversation with them because they're angry and bitter and just not, not nice people. But here in the house of the Lord, you have the Lord who's your boss. And he's a wonderful person and he's loving and caring. So why not give him that respect and come in and do it well? Do it in excellence. Give it above and beyond for the position God's called you to be in. Colossians 3.23. Thank you, Pastor. Sorry, I'm getting there. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartingly, as unto the Lord and not unto men, you know. And so I, I thought that that quote was pretty cool because whatever you're doing, whether it, you know, whether it be for, for the church or even for work, do it wholeheartedly as if you're doing it for the Lord. Because when you are here, you are doing it for the Lord. You know, this, this is um, something, a gift that God's given you to be able to help reach the lost. And it's a blessing. It's a blessing, you know. Um, So I'm going to be closing here in a second, Um, and I just want to say that we serve a mighty God who thinks of everything, you know, and he's a God of order, and he placed a church to be in order and have an order and have a way for it to run and be smoothly. And again, I'm going to repeat myself again, he created you on purpose, not on accident, on purpose. And there is things in you that he needs. He's asking you to fulfill your purpose. You're not worthless like the world tells you you're, you are. You're not a nobody. You're not uncapable. You're not um, whatever the world's told you you are. You're not. Because when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you became a whole new person. And God wants not just to work through you. He wants to work with you, you know, and when God works with us, we can do anything. We can become anything, you know. Um, again, like I told you guys earlier, when I came in, I was a, I was a hot mess. You know, I didn't, I didn't know my left from my right. I didn't even know how to spell. Like, I was, I was, I was bad, you know, and here I am today. You know, I've been with my job for five years. You know, I have my life together. I have my kids together. I have my life in order. Um, I can write things. I, I write curriculum sometimes for the nursery and whatnot. I can spell. I can have grammar. You know, that's all thanks to the Lord doing it with me and not me doing it by myself. Um, and the Lord, he's not asking you. He's not calling you because you're equipped. He's willing to equip you. He's willing to teach you. He's really, He's willing to show you. You know, and throughout the Bible, there have been people who weren't really equipped. You know, look at David. David was, you know, the youngest in his family, a young kid, but he defeated a giant because God was with him. 
Moses, you know, Moses, God called him. He didn't think he was able to speak to people or talk to people. And God used him. God worked through him. And he was able, you know, to do mighty things for God. So as you see, there's people all out through the Bible. Paul killed Christians. You know, he he killed Christians before God called him and equipped him. And then God brought him in and God changed his life. God changed his life. And he became a powerful man. You know, it's up to you, though, whether you're going to answer that call or not. It's your choice. You know, God's not going to sit here and, and pull your arm and force you to do something. It's up to you if you're going to answer that call or not. And all I can tell you is that I am so thankful I answered the call. I am so grateful that I said, Lord, here I am. Use me. I am your vessel. Whatever it is you called me, wherever you want my steps to be, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. You know, and it's changed my life. It's changed my family's life. And, you know, that's that's all I can tell you guys, you know, is just to take that with you. And, you know, I, I hope I blessed you guys and I hope you all learned something from it. And- Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.